The Cost Camps Coaches Show, episode 24. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest is Coach Jason Rice. Coach Rice is the head coach at Northern Lebanon High School. Coach Rice graduated from Albright College in 2015. In the fall of 2015, he was an assistant at Milton Hershey. And then for the next two seasons, he was an assistant at Lebanon Valley College. And then from Lebanon Valley College, moved down to Methodist University in North Carolina. Was there in 2018 and 2019 and was hired as the head coach at Northern Lebanon High School in 2021. And this past year was his first fall as the head coach there. Coach Rice, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Yeah, Coach, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I am a newer listen, listener to it, but uh, i got to admit one of my favorite things is the Tech Mobile music for the intro <laughs> and outro to it by far. You're the first one to mention the music. You're the first guest to <laughs> I am a fan. It, well, it's, and it's not just Tech Mobile. There's some other video games I've, I've mixed in there too, but yeah, I think the, I think the Tech Mobile music is my favorite. I do. I like the vibe of it. <laughs> Coach Rice is going to talk about coaching in a in a in a small, tight knit community up there in Northern Lebanon County, and we're gonna we're gonna transition there and, and talk a little bit too about his experience going from being a, a college assistant to a high school head coach and what that transition was like. But Coach, if you want to start there. With, with talking about what it's been like coaching at Northern Lebanon in that community. Go ahead, start us off. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Um, so just actually hit my one-year mark back towards the end of February with Northern Lebanon. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's it's been a heck of a, um, of a of a journey with them, and I'm excited what's coming in the future. Um, you know, I, I got a call uh, – early February of, of 2021, um, you know, people heard I was back in the area from, from North Carolina and um, asked if I'd be interested in, 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 you know, coaching. And I, you know, I absolutely would. I love the game and thought, well, you know, making the transition from college to high school, I'd, I'd like to at least be a coordinator. If not, you know, work my way into, into, you know, taking over a program and, uh, sure enough, over in Northern Lebanon, they're like, well, yeah, I mean, we're we're in search of a head coach and, and you know, heard a lot of good things about you. I'd like to see if you'd be interested in coming to interview. And sure enough, things just worked out. Um, so I, I've enjoyed my time with them, but um, definitely had to learn, you know, <laughs> about you know, adapting to um, not only the transition of, of college back to high school coaching, um, but in a town like Northern Lebanon, you know. Um, you know, my high school career has been at Palmyra, um, you know, fairly large, um, high school, um, used to resources, numbers, athletes, things like that. Um, and it's not to say that Northern Lebanon doesn't have those things, uh, but it's just, you have to go about that stuff differently, um, when in a small town, you know? Um, so that's just kind of one of the first things that I wanted to touch on was, talking strictly numbers, right? You know, how, how you want to promote your program um, and things you need to do to put yourselves in the right position on a Friday night to be successful. Um, and when I took over the program, started learning more about it, um, I noticed there was a, 
crossover um, between our youth program and our junior high football program. Um, the league that our youth program plays in, I think it's called the CFA. Um, not sure what that stands for, to be honest with you. Um, but they let um, the youth players play up um, as old as age 13. Um, so there is a crossover between that like seventh and eighth grade age period where you got some guys who maybe want to play junior high football. Some guys want to stay with the youth program um, and just kind of, you know, getting to know about the community talking with some people talking with um, administration in the school, talking with those that run our youth program. I actually decided to make the move to drop our junior high. Um, thought it did a couple good things for us. Number one, it kept those guys in that like 12 to 13 year old range together. Um, and, and that's definitely the biggest thing is, is that, you know, coming up when, when you're learning about the game and then playing the game with your friends uh, at a young age, one of the things that helps with success in the future is that, that continuity, right? That, that familiarity of um, the brotherhood of playing with your friends, learning the game, developing, growing with them. Um, so I thought it was critical to keep those guys together. Um, also did some research and just kind of looking at previous years um, of, of both programs. There's a lot of success going on in our youth program right now um, and have been for a number of years. Um, I believe it is our pony program um, led by coach Ron Copenhaver, uh, who is now, I want it definitely three times Super Bowl champions, like in a row. Um, and I, I believe I, I'm not trying to remember if this past year was either their third or their fourth in a row. Um, but that's an example of a group that I am absolutely ecstatic to get, um, and, and so there's a lot of success, a lot of good things going on in that youth program. So wanted to keep those guys down there with those coaches learning and loving football. Um, and also to their promoting the heck out of us up at the high school. Um, with that then too, like our junior high program um, consisted of seventh, eighth and ninth graders. Um, with that, I had nine freshmen. Uh, this year that if I would have kept the junior high program would not have been with us. Um, and coach, our, our numbers this year with the freshmen was 35 guys. Um, so if I wouldn't have those freshmen up with us, um, that, that, you know, could have changed up our, our, you know, how our season ended up panning out, which we had a pretty decent one, um, turning things around here in the first year, um, but, you know, without those freshmen, we would have had 26 guys, and it's it's hard to even get through practices with 26 guys. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it um, that that was definitely something that was critical. You know, my, my first priority was, obviously, um, how can we operate as a varsity program? And then I kind of figured things out down from there. Um so, I mean, it's, it, it, it was good, right? We, we had 35 guys this year, um, made it to um, our, our first playoff berth in, in almost six years now, I, I want to say. Um, so, 
with that, right, there's, there's a lot of talk in the school, talk in the community um, of, of what's happening now within this program. Um, so I am hoping to, to kind of up those numbers this year. It, fingers crossed all goes well. Maybe we're between 40 to 45 um, players for this upcoming season. Um, and, and that just it, – it does a number of things for you, right, Mark, is, is, is first is um, you have the numbers, you have a greater chance of – finding some athletes, right? Um, you, you never know what's in the school that is not being utilized. Um, and that's the thing too, is that I wanted to get into that school, you know, walk the halls, see who else is in there too, um, and, and what we can do with them. Um, we were fortunate to get a kid um, who is only a sophomore right now, never played the game before. Um, he was all conference for offensive wide receiver defensive, defensive back, and a kick return and punt return specialist. Um, and that's only the sophomore. Going into his junior year, uh, he's already about six foot, 205 to 210 pounds. So he's not your typical high school size receiver DB. He's very well put together. Um, and <clears throat> with that, it starts coming some attention of, of you know, college recruits. So very excited to see what he can do. His name's Moses Gonzalez, just to give him a little promo out there. Um, but he's just one example of the athletes that do exist in that community and in that school up there. Um, and so, you know, very excited also to, to, to work with guys like that. Um, another cool thing, right, that, that I've learned about North London community. I, I, I mean, I knew it, right, because when I was at Palmyra, we did play them. I think it was my senior night. Um, so I, and Palmyra not being that far from North Lebanon, totally understand what that community is about. Um, but you also learn more as you get involved in it. Um, <clears throat> Northern Lebanon is the epitome of, of blue collar. Um, and it even trickles down to, you know, the boys that, that we work with and coach um majority of my guys coach they they work right um so as, as a football coach right you have your expectations um of hey you know got to put time into the work uh weight room got to put time into your academics got to spend time with your family you also got to be a kid um they have another wrinkle in, in that whole scheme and that's that's work right um we uh, we had a quarterback change actually about week four, week five. Um, just felt like it was the right move for us to make at the time. The guy that we ended up bringing in to the takeover our offense um, did not show up until day one of camp. Um, now that was strictly due, and in, in <clears throat> a lot of my players who were with us throughout the summer and the off season told me about this kid and how he's an athlete, et cetera, et cetera. But they said, coach, this guy works 50 to 60 mm. hours a week <laughs> yeah, as, as a high school kid. Um, and, and so, so with that, right, you, you have to have some flexibility as a coach, understanding that for a lot of these guys, their priority is working and making money. Um, some of them contribute to, you know, whether it's paying their own bills for, for cars and whatnot, whether it's, it's helping at home, um, things along those lines, but um, it's, it's a blue collar community. And then 
with that, right? They have that mentality of understanding what hard work is like. Um, so, so it's, it's been an awesome experience being able to see guys at a young age of 14, 15, 16 years old, right? With jobs, understanding that they have responsibilities that they need to work and balance all the things that go on in life, uh, in their personal lives too. Um, so that, that's been a ride, you know, and then also too, I know we're going to talk about the transition of college to high school coming from the college level, right. you know, you, you kind of just naturally had those guys that were living in the weight room, you know, kept track of their academics and then played football 24 seven. Right. Um, you gotta have that flexibility then in that transition of, of look, it's not just school and football for these guys. Um, they, they have all those things I named previously and they work hard. Um, and so you, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to work with what you have. Right. Um, and that's another thing at the high school level is that you're only as good as the kids you got, right. You can't go out and recruit like you can in college. You can't bring in, you know, Joe Schmo from three hours away in a good football town. Um, you, you have to work with those, those kids that live within your district. Um, but fortunate enough, right. That, that Fredericksburg is, is a great area. Um, not, not only for hardworking kids, but, but for talent too. Um, and that, that's kind of my last thing too, with, with this part of, of our conversation is, is Fredericksburg, Jonestown, Lickdale, that, that whole area there, um, their, their love, their passion, um, not just for football, for, for athletics in general. Um, I mean, we just got done with our, our winter sports seasons, right. And, um, as a lot of people know in this area, Northern Lebanon wrestling is, is the pinnacle, right? Um, they're, they're at the top. They, they're, they're what other schools in this area, you know, um, hope to, you know, grow and develop same as, as they have. Um, and, and so I've, I've been able to, to been a part of, of watching our boys transition to wrestling, watching our boys transition to basketball. Um, and in seeing not only the, the, um, you know, the, the joy and camaraderie that comes during football season, see that then be translated to the winter sports too. And that just, that says a lot about that Fredericksburg area is they're passionate, right? It's, it's kind of what you, what you see and expect from a, from a small blue collar town is that you work hard and then you love your sports along the way. Right. Um, and so, so that's been, that's been great kind of diving into a community that, that wants success. Right. And then in that, there are some pressures along the way, you know, um, there, there is a feeling of like, Hey, these, these guys want to win. Right. Um, and so what are you going to do as a coach to put our boys in the right position to be successful? Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we had a pretty decent first year here. Um, and so in that, people are seeing the time, the effort that we're putting in, um, investing in these kids. Um, and they're bought in. I, I really do feel like it now to say everyone, all 100% of everyone that lives in that area is bought in. You know, that may not be the case, but but we have the right support within the community that there's going to be a lot of good things coming to Fredericksburg. Gonna go back here and and talk about what you were talking about with your youth program. Yeah. So, t tell me how many ninth graders did you have again this year that you brought up? We had nine this no, year. So there were nine ninth graders. Were any of those guys first year players? 
Um, there was a small handful. I know off the top of my head, I can think of two that were first-year players. That's the only argument for having a, a like a freshman team or allowing those guys to play in a different program is you get those guys that experience. But but bringing those guys up in terms of numbers, yeah. yeah in terms of, I don't even know how you would do a prep if you if you don't have enough guys to have a practice where you need a scout team, would you split the split lines in half or, or play with a half field? Right. And that puts you at such a disadvantage. Um, I'm kind of understanding, getting getting a feel for for how a lot of areas work with with youth programs, and I'm seeing yeah. that model that you're talking about, where a lot of school districts are dropping their their junior high program and allowing allowing the the midget programs, the youth programs, to kind of take over that. I'm going to call it a market, just uh, for for uh, lack of a better term. Right. But what that does, it, that also helps the school district in terms of finances. That allows 100%. that allows that youth program, kind of a nonprofit model there, to handle the expenses of outfitting a youth program with helmets and shoulder pads and travel and all that stuff. That saves the school district money. And I think that's that's another reason why a lot of you know. The, yeah, for football, it does it keeps guys together for longer. You're not splitting them up between a junior high team and a midget team, but right. that it also helps out school districts. It kind of takes a little bit of burden off of them. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't see the stars align when I saw the potential of you know not having a junior high program and being able to, for example, have the coaches that would have been coaching junior high be up with us. Um, you know, learn and develop through the systems that, that you know, myself and then um, the varsity coaches run. Um, but then also, too, then they kind of took the jump of instead of coaching and running our junior high, now you're going to coach and run our, our JV and our scout team during practice throughout the week. So it really was a win-win, um, you know, all across the board, I feel like. Culture has been a big thing. That that has kind of been I don't know a main theme to a lot of these these episodes, um, and yeah. this time of year you know coaches talk about culture something that you that can't really be helped with culture I guess or or can't be avoided is that the, you know you what you talked about coming from a blue collar area mm-hmm. guys have to work they have to or they have yeah. to they have to I don't know they maybe they have to watch a brother and sister after school so their parents can can have another part-time job after their full-time job is is over so that i mean what being able being lenient i guess toward that has got i mean i'm I'm seeing more and more of that with with football programs where they're allowing their 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 players to kind of skip out on some days in the weight room or maybe their the the weight program isn't as extensive as as a community that doesn't that you know it's that's that's kind of built around students not having to have those part time jobs, and, right, and right. I think that's that's becoming in small town communities that's kind of becoming the the norm. We're kind of going back to that. We're we're allowing kids to be kids and allowing kids or, or allowing kids to have those part time jobs and and be able to help their family or save money for college or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as always, right. History repeats itself. And I do feel like we're getting back into that cycle where, 
Um, you know, I, I know for sure, like when I was in high school, the expectation was you were working out, right? And if you weren't working out, you were working out because you were in another sport. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely within a community like Northern Lebanon has, um, you have to, you have to be willing to, to accommodate and, and work with these guys because at the end of the day, like, yes, we, we are brought here, right, to to uh, help these guys succeed and at the end of the day win football games. But also, too, football isn't the the gate to these kids' futures, right? Um, it, it's something that we can um, introduce their lives to help them, um, you know, with life skills like teamwork, leadership, um, responsibility, expectations, things like that. Um, so, so, you know, you have to be willing to work with these guys that have, at the end of the day, what can be considered bigger priorities, right? Like, like bills and family um, and then supporting their loved ones along the way. So, yeah, it's, it is just like that, 100%. The other thing is if a kid can figure out how to get into himself into a rhythm after he has a long day of work after school and, and studying and then try to get some kind of workout in, whether it's not, it might be going to the weight room if a weight room opportunities available or he does something at his own home if he can yeah. figure that out first of all there are there are a lot of real life lessons there i mean that's going to transfer when he becomes whatever a full-time employee at you know and and he's got to put in 60 hour work weeks it's, it's yeah. going to almost become easier for him because in high school he had to do school work and then work out and then he's going to oh, become yeah. a great football player too in high school Exactly. Yeah. I mean, ju just imagine the kind of workers these, these yep. kids will be coming in the future, right? Because they were used to still working just as hard while they have football, while they have school, while they have life and girlfriends. And, and then they make that transition to the work life, right? And they're like, wow, I kind of have a little bit more of an open schedule now. Um, but they'll still have all those same life, lef lef life lessons um, that they learned while coming up through high school. You talked about recruiting in college too. That that's a big transition. Is you get to recruit sure. recruit the players that you want to have. Um, I, I'm going to say, and yeah, that's 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 definite. I agree with you 100. percent Recruiting though at the college level sometimes took away from actually dealing with your own team, and you you get a little more yeah. chance to kind of work with your players, whether it be in the weight room, whether it be some sort of off season workout, you get a little more time to do that in the off season because mm -hmm. you're not recruiting the next crop of players to come through. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. The, the, the recruiting that you have to do though, is you have to recruit those, you know, whether it's a wrestler or a basketball player or, or, you know, um, a baseball player in the springtime trying to get those better athletes to come mm -hmm. out for your team to play because I'm I, in these small communities I feel like the the best ath the, the best programs have the best athletes in their school playing football yeah. and they don't necessarily have to be stars but they're right. they're contributing and and maybe they're a state championship wrestler or or like a, a, a star pitcher, whatever it is, and then they play football. Now they become an outstanding role player even on the football right. team. That's yeah. the recruiting that has to go on in high school. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and, and that was that was kind of one of the, the first things too. And then again, coming from a college background um, of, of that want to like, hey, I, I want to get in, into the school, walk the hallways, see what Northern Lebanon has to offer. 
and and just kind of do your recruiting in that sense, right? Um, naturally, like I said before, you can't go outside your your district lines to to find guys, but you know they're they're definitely in the school, and I feel like that's across the board at any high school anywhere in America, is that there are athletes in each of these schools that that maybe aren't you know involved in in some things or maybe just have different interests in life right um but it never hurts i feel like to get in there and then see and then try and put in the effort um to build your own program well you have the the role model there you got the guy that you can point at right now and say look here's a kid that just started playing football and and now he's you know he's getting all these accolades and it might work out where he can actually go do something at the next level through football might be able to, he might have some college opportunities or or whatever, but you got that guy that you can point at. You have the example now he's in your school right now, which is awesome. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And that, I tell you what, Mark too, that's an awesome thing is that, um, you know, coming in there first, it was about getting the guys who were already on the program bought in to what's going to be coming their way. Right. Um, so I, you know, I started reaching out to, to some of the players who, um, you know, I knew were in the program and were bought in and just, you know, sat down, had conversations with them, told them what my expectations of them were, asked them what their expectations of me were, um, and sort of building those relationships, right? And that's, as, as you know, too, very well, that's recruiting. Recruiting is relationships. Yep. Um, and, and so as soon as you get those guys bought in, and in a small town like Northern Lebanon, where those same guys that are bought in also wrestle, also play basketball, also baseball, track, et cetera. Now they're going to those sports during those seasons, talking to those guys who they see as athletes as well, right? And they're saying, man, hey, Coach Rice, his staff, the football program, it's something to be a part of. Like, you should really consider it. And now you have your own players helping with the recruiting too. My experience, the the weirdest transition thing going from college, and this is this is funny, going from college to high school, is that you only practice like that the players play both ways, and and here's yeah. what I mean like I there were there there were times early on, you know this season being my first season in, in a high school atmosphere since I was actually in high school, we would be practicing offense. And there were times when I would actually like look around and wonder where the heck is the defense practicing against the the offensive <laughs> scout team. I'd look around the yeah. practice and I'd be like, "Man, I wonder if those guys went for a run or something, or or where those coaches <laughs> took them." And then I'd realize to myself, "Well, it does, I forgot it doesn't work like that anymore." Did you right. have in in your figuring out practices? the logistics of that stuff. Did you, was there any kind of learning curve you had? I know you had that experience at Milton Hershey, but did you have to go? Was there any kind of transition learning curve that you went through there? Yeah. So actually, you know, even even at a school like Milton Hershey, we platooned. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, Milton Hershey will bring in a hundred to 110 kids on their team. And it's almost like a dang college program. Um, But so I have been fortunate in, in my, you know, coaching career here as far as numbers went. But, yeah, to answer your question, Coach, 100%, you, you had to adapt. Um, and that's a thing, too. Like, we would sit down as a staff um, constantly talking about personnel, right? Um, also, too, I, I feel like, and, and I don't know if it's just Northern Lebanon or if, it, or if it's across the board and in small communities, 
by far you have more skill guys than you do big guys. Right. Yep. You know, and and so that was kind of our um, biggest thing in our personnel meetings was not only discussing what what big guys we had, but how we can adapt our practice to make sure that those guys are getting work without, you know, risking things for them and other people around them. Not not only that, and that, that's a great point, but not only that, come game night, like guys get gassed. Um, oh boy. And, yeah. and you kind of got to figure out, and this is on the head coach, really what side of the ball are you primarily going to play a guy? Like you can spot it. Like if he's good, whatever, if he's a good running back and you're, and you're feeding in the ball, it's going to mm-hmm. be tough now to get him, and and it really depends on the player too, but to get yeah. him reps on defense, even though he might help your really help your defense, it can almost be detrimental to your defense if he's not if he's not that guy that can handle playing both sides of the ball because he's going to be fatigued on a, on a hot early September night, or if he gets right. if he's nicked up, it's late in the season, and he's got some sort of whatever, like a, he's recovering from an ankle sprain, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah, I, I can, it, it, it's very interesting too. that whole dynamic to me where one side of the ball, that coaching staff has to be okay throughout the course of a game with losing a player to the other side of the ball that they mm-hmm. kind of were counting on in their game plan. And it, it, it could happen like in the middle of the second quarter or something like that, where you don't get that guy anymore. And, right. and you, you, you don't have a choice, but to be okay with that. That's another yeah. thing too that 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 transition is, has um, from college to to high school has been almost mind boggling to me and, and coaches do it they do it and they do it well oh a hundred percent yeah and and kind of going off that you you hit the nail on the head right there is you you got to consider it's almost a player by player base right um, who is the guy right is he more beneficial defensively is he more beneficial offensively the impact he has not only to, um, you know, offense or defense or um, the impact he has on the players around him when he's on offense or defense, too. Um, and that stuff, we'll, we'll spend our, our Sunday mornings, um, we, we get together, the coaching staff, upwards of six, seven hours, Coach, you know, um, just kind of going through not only game plans and everything, but we'll take the time and talk about um, our personnel. And, and a big thing that I teach our players, not only our players, right, but our coaches, too, we talk about, and that's that's adversity, right? She, she's a son of a gun, and when is she going to kick in on a Friday night? We have to be ready and willing to adapt to whatever it may be. I think um, thinking about – it's hard to think about adversity right now. It's This is kind of like a phase where everybody loves everybody. And yeah. and you, all, you just always have to be – you kind of always have to be coaching toward that adverse moment that happens in the fall. It's tough to do right mm-hmm. now, but you know it's coming. And uh, oh, big time! Yeah, yeah. but that's a good point—getting everybody to to be prepared for that that adversity. Right. Going yeah. going back to the Northern Lebanon community, mm-hmm. the the area, the northern the the geographical area of northern of Northern Lebanon County. You, you talked about three communities. You got Lickdale. Which kind of encompasses, you know, Fort Indian Town Gap's a military base that kind of takes up a lot of that land, and then you got two, um, two bigger towns in Fredericksburg and Jonestown. But I know, like, to get from, you know, Northern Lebanon High School, if you if you have a player that kind of lives up in the hinterlands of Lebanon County, it might take them a good bit 
to get to the high school from where they live or, or yeah. whatever. It's going to be hard for, if they don't drive, it's going to be hard for a parent to get, to get them to the, to the school to work out or whatever. Like, you know, that's, you know, some, some programs don't have to deal with that because they're, they're in a town where everybody can walk, everybody can bike. Do you, do you right. run into issues like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of all ties together too to what we first started talking about and that's the working part, right? Um, is that we do have a little bit of different odd, however you want to call it, practice times. We actually practice from five to seven um, throughout the season. Um, some of that has to do with, you know, coaching staff and, and their jobs, um, but also too about um, your ability to have a practice right when when parents may work till a certain time or work different shifts um and so you got to accommodate that 100 percent. in fact almost right off the bat when i was trying to introduce our weight room program um i would have parents reach out and be like hey you know i i work x y and z times jobs etc um you know can little jimmy he he wants to come work out um, but he doesn't have a way of getting there or doesn't have a way of getting home. Um, is it possible to, to, he can grab a ride. And my first thing is, because is, I'm, I'm trying to build, you know, that, that whole team identity is, well, have him reach out to, to some friends that he's not far from. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, Johnny right down the road from Jimmy has parents um, that work a different time and are able to do the transportation stuff. You can work together on that. Maybe, you know, Steve down the road is, is 17 as a junior and is still friends with Jimmy. So he can drive, right? He can pick Jimmy up and then and get them to and from workouts and practices. Um, and then finally, and as, as a high school coach, right, you, you work 12 months a year. Um, you have to be willing to sacrifice your time along the way. With your time also comes, hey, you know, if, if Jimmy needs picked up, you got to leave a little bit earlier to get to practice so you can get Jimmy and get to practice on time. And then you might get home a little bit later that night too, because you got to drop Jimmy off, you know? So that's, that's just something that, that we've all as coaches have, have kind of learned and grown um, with the community. But I tell you what, when, when you're willing to show not only the players, but, but parents in the community that you're willing to go out of your way to help. I mean, it's just that, that, that changes people's outlooks um, on you as a coach and as a football program as a whole. Uh, making that connection, that relationship connection, like it talked about is I don't think that's something at a high school level that you can really do on a, on a mass scale. It's kind of like something no. you got to do one-on-one, you know, one, you gotta, you gotta seep into the heart and mind of, of those community members one at a time. And that's yes. that what you talked about giving a ride home. That can be that's that's one way right there that you're gonna you're building that relationship. But but yeah, that's that's hard work and, and it's work that's done over time. There's a longevity piece there, and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. you gotta do it one at a time. That's good. Yeah, coach. big time. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm gonna wrap it up here, coach, and and uh, I wish the Vikings the best of luck here. I hope you're having a good off season so far, and and you keep it rolling all the way through summer and and this season. I'll be I'm looking forward to following you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Coach. I, I certainly do appreciate your time. And yeah, I'm I'm excited. There's a lot of good things um, coming to Fredericksburg. So 
um, definitely looking forward to the future here. But, yeah, thank you. I definitely appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate your time, Coach, and, and thanks for coming on. We'll have to do this again sometime, man. Absolutely. I look forward to it. All right, Coach. Take care, man. Have a good one. Yep. Yeah, you too. Thank you. We'll see you.